Hey, I want to welcome you today. We're so glad to have you with us at FBCO and uh, appreciate you worshiping with us. If you'd like to find out more about our church, just connect with us through a text or an email and uh, we'll send you information about our church. We'll be happy to pray with you about any prayer requests you have. Or if you'd like to talk to someone more about trusting Christ as Savior or following in baptism or growing in faith, we'll help in all of those ways. And we have small group Bible studies. We call them life groups that meet. They meet via Zoom or some other medium every uh, Sunday as well. And we'd be happy to help you find a class that you could connect with for that every, every week as well. Just let us know and we'll respond back to you and help you find the right place. Open your Bibles, please, to the book of James chapter 5. We've been working our way through the entire book of James and now we come to chapter 5. And you may remember the book of James talks about wisdom. It's very practical. It reminds us to put into practice the faith. We don't just know about the faith. We don't just hear the word. We are to be doers of the word. And so let's read now James chapter 5 beginning with verse 1 and then I'm going to tell you a story. Uh, The Bible says, come now. James chapter 5, verse 1. Come now, you rich people, weep and wail over the miseries that are coming on you. Your wealth has rotted and your clothes are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded and their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have stored up treasure in the last days. Look, the pay that you withheld from the workers who mowed your fields cries out. And the outcry of the harvesters has reached the ears of the Lord of armies. You have lived luxuriously on the earth and have indulged yourselves. You've fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered the righteous who, do, who does not resist you. Well, this is a fascinating uh, section where the book of James is teaching us about the important and practical use of, how, of our resources. And so I'm going to give you in a moment eight questions I want us to ask ourselves as we think about what is better than gold. And that's the title of this message because the Lord wants to remind us there's something bigger, better, and more lasting than gold itself, something of greater worth. So let me tell you the story. Uh, some of you have heard the name Sam Houston, I suspect. If you're from Texas, you almost certainly have heard his name. Sam Houston is a fascinating character in American history. He uh, was a politician, a soldier, just did a lot of things. He was um, the governor of both Tennessee and then later of Texas, the governor of each of those states. Served in the U.S. US House of Representatives, um, the president of the Republic of Texas and then their governor. I mean, just had a lot of positions in his time. Lived for a period of time in the Cherokee Nation. I mean, he had a very uh, wide variety of, of life. And Houston... Uh, People don't tend to know this part as well. Houston uh, did not live for the Lord. In fact, he had a long uh, problem with alcohol and far from the things of God. But he married late in life, married a particular lady who was a believer. And she began to talk to him about faith. And after a period of time, eventually, Sam Houston trusted Christ as his Savior. That's a big deal. He was famous in Texas, as you can imagine. And he wanted to follow in believer's baptism. And so just uh, not far from Independence, Texas. He went into a little creek with the minister, with the pastor, to be baptized. And he kept purposely his wallet in his pocket when he was baptized because he said it needs to get baptized as well. Well, I want to talk to you about the Lord's plan for your life and for your wealth. And there are eight questions I'd like you to write down. We'll well, you can just follow along, write these questions down, and we'll just ask ourselves these questions as we work our way 
through these verses in the book of James. Eight questions I'd like you to ask yourself. Write these down, would you please? Number one, do I appreciate God's blessing of my money? Do I, pre do I appreciate how God has blessed me with my money? And you say, well, oh, sure. I mean, I wonder. When the Bible says here in verse one, did you notice it says, come now, you rich people. And perhaps you thought when it said that, well, he's not talking about me because I'm not rich. And you say that because uh, you know someone who has far more than you have. Maybe it's some athlete. Do you remember when do you remember when athletes used to play in front of packed stadiums of people? I'm saying this, of course, during a, our quarantine time. And do you remember when there used to be sporting events on television and such that were live? And, and some of those athletes get paid lots and lots and lots of money. Sometimes their endorsements are huge amounts of money. And you, so you say, well, I'm not rich because that guy has so much more than me. But I just want to point something out to you. The median income in our world, do you know the median? Half the people have less than this, half the people make more. If you make $3,000, if you make $3,000, you're in the top half of the richest people in the world. Is that not hard to believe? $3,000. If your household makes $10,000 or more, you're in the top half of all households in the world. And so while we don't think of ourselves maybe as having great wealth, I just want to point out to you that by virtue of you living in this great nation, and because of the freedoms that we have and the economic opportunities we have, you have, compared to so much of the world, far, far more. And perhaps uh, these days of quarantine would be used by God. Listen, don't waste these days and the opportunities that God would, will, would, the lessons that God would teach you during these days. And one of the things God would use in your life is to help you to appreciate the blessings that you have. Because I know some of you are facing some difficult times in your life right now. And maybe some of you are facing some tough economic times. And it's hard to feel blessed sometimes when you're facing ec economic times. But perhaps you'd say, Lord, I, I want to remember how you've blessed me. And some of you have been, you've been okay through this financially. You, you've not thought of yourself perhaps as wealthy, but God has blessed you. And, and perhaps this would change your perspective to say, I want to appreciate what I have. And recognize that God has given me far more than just gold, something far greater, in fact, than that. But I want to appreciate the blessings I have. So I ask you that question. Do you appreciate the blessings that God has given you through the finances he has placed in your hands? It's an important question for us to ask. Appreciating what God has done is so beneficial to us. And I want to ask you to have that spirit. Lord, I want to recognize how you've blessed me. And I don't want to take that for granted or ignore that. There's a second question I'd have you write down. And that is this question. Do I live for joy, peace? Uh, uh, do I look rather for joy, peace, or satisfaction in my money? Do I look for the joy that I want in life, the peace that I want in life, the satisfaction I want in life? Do I, am I looking to money to bring that to me? And if, it, by the way, if you are, if that's what you, if you're looking for money to provide joy, you are going to be sadly disappointed. Notice what the Bible says here in verse one. Come now, you rich people. And then the next words, weep and wail over the miseries that are coming on you. Now, when we hear the words rich people, we say, well, it's just all blessing. I tell you, we can be confused about what real blessings are. And he's saying, if you're finding if you think you're going to find your joy or your peace or your purpose or your satisfaction in things, you're going to weep and wail over the miseries that are coming on you. 
You're going to weep and wail over those miseries. Our joy, our peace, our purpose in life, our satisfaction can never, listen, can never be found in things. And there are abundant examples of people who have tried to find real purpose, real meaning, real significance through things. And they have been so disappointed and you will be too. Because joy is found in the Lord himself. Peace is not found through circumstances, not found through wealth. It's found through the Lord himself. Satisfaction will be found in the Lord, not in things not in ourselves, not in our abilities, not in our skills, not in our toys, ultimately in the Lord himself. And I want you to recognize that great and important truth. Our joy, our peace, our purpose, our satisfaction is only found in Jesus and in following him. And if you're looking anywhere else, wherever that might be, you're ultimately going to be disappointed and you're going to find those things wanting because God has something so much better for you. God wants something more than that for you. And all the wealth that we think is so critical, important, will um, we'll leave behind one day. In fact, let's go to the third question I want you to ask yourself. Do I recognize the temporary nature of my money? Do I recognize the temporary nature of my money? So verse two says it like this. Your wealth has rotted these are people who say, I've got so much. But he's saying, this wealth is temporary. Your clothes are moth-eaten. He says in verse 3, your gold and silver are corroded and their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. He's saying, all the things that you say matter so much, these, are, these don't last. He says at the end of verse 3, notice this sentence, you have stored up treasure in the last days. Now, he's talk, not talking about the days of the um, storing up treasure for eternity. He's talking about your life is temporary and you have this treasure thinking that's what's going to, that's what really matters only to discover that life itself is ending and this life is transitory and short and our wealth does not last. There's no, there's no U-Hauls on the hearse and we are reminded of the temporary nature of our money. So I want you to do something that would benefit you both now and, and beyond. I want you to think long-term about money. Just think long-term about money. Dave Ramsey, some of you know Dave Ramsey or other people who help us to think about money well. He'd, he would say, you save up some money for uh, that emergency fund and then you get out of debt. And he, he's trying to get you to think long-term about money instead of just living for the moment. Many people just, if I have it, I spend it, or I just don't think long-term. I only think about the moment. And he would say, listen, think long-term about money. Think about the future, prepare for rainy days, uh, be thinking long-term about, like you don't plan for retirement the day before you retire. You start thinking about things long-term. I, I love that. I think it's great, great advice, but don't stop there. I want you to think long, long, long-term about your finances. I want you to realize that while I want you to think long-term in this world, and it will benefit you and be a blessing to your family and to others if you'll think long-term here. If you'll think long, long, long-term about eternity when we stand before the Lord, and if you'll begin to think that way, Lord, what is it that really matters? 
what ought, what ought I to treasure in this world? Because I want to think not just about now, but I want to think about eternity itself. And I want to store up treasure in heaven where there are no moths or thieves or rust. And the Lord reminds us to ask ourselves this question. Do I recognize the temporary nature of my money? All the gold I have will be merely pavement in heaven. Number four, question number four. Do I help or harm others with my money? Important question. Really a lot of what this text is talking about. Do I help others or do I harm others with my money? The Bible's talking here about injustice, financial injustice and how I... James is saying you have, uh, he says in verse four, look, the pay that you withheld from the workers who mowed your fields cries out. He says, you're taking advantage of people who've worked for you and you're thinking about yourself, but you're not thinking about them. You're not providing for them. They've mowed your fields and they cry out. The outcry of the harvesters has reached the ears of the Lord of armies. He's saying God knows one of the reasons we want to do the right thing and help is because God himself knows the truth. Verse six, he says, you've condemned, you've murdered the righteous who does not resist you. He is saying here, we are to help others with our money. And he's reminding uh, rich people, people, well, listen, that's us. All of us who have, uh, can, if we live in this country, we can certainly put ourselves in that category. He's reminding us of the importance of using our money to help others rather than harm others. And God gives, he puts money in your hands for the purpose of helping others. God never blesses us just so we have the blessing. He blesses us so that we will be a blessing. He provides us for us so that we will provide. He helps us so that we will help. He blesses us so that we will bless. And it's important for us to learn that principle. I love that we can uh, help others along the way. And certainly we're I'm grateful for the ways we can help people locally. I've been thinking a little bit about some of the opportunities long-term as well. On this date, had we been able to gather and someday we'll gather again and work, <laughs> Illinois politics will uh, work its course in some way, I suppose, and someday we'll gather again. But in the meantime, uh, I've been thinking about what things would be, how things might be differently. And one thing we would have w that would be different, we would have uh, with us today, uh, International Mission Board missionaries, IMB missionaries from Poland. Uh, Chuck and Vicki Franks have uh, family in our church. Her sister and her mother are a part of our church here at FBCO, and they were going to be with us today. We would have interviewed them and talked to them, prayed for them, and I hope you will pray for them still. Chuck was a career military, and then when he got out, he, uh, he and his wife uh, began to serve eventually with the International Mission Board, and they serve in Poland and it's a great, man, it's my first mission trip, international mission trip was in Poland. So it's, there's a, it's got a special place in my heart. And he serves, there's been you know, years of studying the language. It can be a complicated language um, to learn, difficult. And man, he just, what a, what a great couple. We're thankful for them. And they are serving, they're teaching people about really presenting the gospel. How, how glad I am we can be a little part of that. People on the other side of the world who have never heard the clear message of the gospel or the herons and others who are in Uganda. Many of you would know that we have deep connections in Uganda with IMB missionaries and pastors there, and they've been able to feed pastors there on those islands. They face some just tremendous difficulties there. We've been able to help them in ways that are tangible and important. And of course, to do the same thing here for many families, we're very thankful that we can help. And God uses us, God blesses us so that we'll be a blessing. One of the reasons he gives to us is so that we will be a blessing to others. 
And I want to remember that and recognize that and use that in my life. God wants me to use, to think of others in a, in a different way than our world thinks. Our world thinks what's in it for me. And the Lord wants us to look beyond ourselves. By the way, Christian, this is not, we are not immune to being self-centered about faith. Almost always, the first thing we think about is how does this affect me or what do I want or what do I like or what do I get? That's the way the world thinks, but it creeps into our thinking. And the Lord wants us to think of others and not ourselves. And that can be challenging and difficult, but we are never more like the Lord than when we are thinking of others and caring for others and loving others. And we, we, we want that mindset to be our mindset, to help, to minister, to care, to serve, to give. Number, question number five, do I glorify God through my money? This is an important question for you. Do I glorify God through my money? So notice verse five. The Bible says, you have lived luxuriously on the earth and have indulged yourselves. Now, I mentioned thinking of yourself. That's easy. That's easy. He said, you've thought of yourself. You've had financial wealth. And so you've thought of yourself. You said, what can I get? or What can I have? That's easy. The question is, do I glorify God through my money? Am I glorifying him? Can I just tell you something that may be shocking to you? You probably, if you're a believer, should know this, but it's shocking because we don't think this way enough. The purpose of your life is not to glorify you. Listen, the reason God created you is not to glorify you. That's not the purpose of your life. That's not why you're saved if you are saved, if you know Christ as Savior. If you come to know Christ as Savior, I want you to know before that even happens that the Lord wants something more for you than just for you to live for yourself. He made you to glorify his name. That's a, a, a purpose of our life is to bring glory to the Lord who loves us, who cares about us. And through that, of course, it's why we serve others and why we care about others and why we get involved in ministry because ultimately we want to glorify the Lord himself. The purpose of your life is not about you. It's a hard one for us to learn because everything in us points toward us. We, we want to indulge ourselves. We want to live luxuriously, but the Bible is teaching us to think beyond ourselves and ultimately to live a life that glorifies God himself. So I ask you that question. Is your life glorifying God? Is your life glorifying God? And can I just be more specific? The way you use money, does that glorify the Lord? Have you, been, have you thought that way when it comes to your finances? Is this bringing glory to the Lord? Question uh, number six. Do I wisely prioritize the use of my money? Do I wisely prioritize the use of my money? So let's go to verse five. Um, it's a, the, the last sentence of verse five is sort of a painful sentence. James says these words. He says, you have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. You thought, what just, what's in it for me? And I'm going to provide for myself and I'm going to fatten myself and not realize that there's an accounting coming before the Lord. So the question is, do I wisely prioritize the use of my money? It's one of the reasons giving is so important to me. It's just so important to me. I'm not a spender. Some of you are spenders, some of you are savers. I'm most certainly in the saver category. My first word I always say was not, my first spoken word was not mama or, or dada. It was the word frugal. That first one that, came out of me. That's, that's my nature. 
Um, but giving has become so important to my life. It's the means by which I remind myself of what is it that matters most. It's the, it's the reprioritizing of my life. This is what counts. This is what I'm to live for. This is what matters. And so I tie to our church and beyond because I love, I'm, uh, it's odd today to love your church. That's just the American way has become so different. I think I love my church. I love the church. I love, I pray for our church. I give to the church. I care about the church. The Lord Jesus made the church. The Lord Jesus himself, he loves the church and the bride of Christ ought to matter to us. And so I'm thankful that I give and I give because I care about the church, but listen, it matters to me and to my heart. And I go beyond that. It's not been enough for me to tithe. I know the Lord has wanted me to be stretched. And so he has me give above and beyond that in various ways uh, to our church and to missions and to other things that he just laid on my heart. And I, I commend this to you because it's the way, it's sort of the antidote to the materialism that is so much a part of our world where we think about what we get. Well, giving is about, it's not about getting. Did you know that? And that changes our perspective and it helps us to reorder the priorities of life. And I commend this to you because if you get your priorities wrong, your actions will follow. And if you can get your priorities correct and begin to live by that, what a difference it makes. And so ask yourself this question, do I wisely prioritize the use of my money? Number seven, question number seven. Do I remember who owns my money? Do I remember who owns my, my money? The single most important lesson I've learned about money is this. It's all God's. It's all his. All I call mine comes from God. God owns it all. We use a word to describe this, and it's the word stewardship. The steward is not the owner. He's the manager. He's the caretaker. The owner of the money is not the steward, and the steward is not the owner. I am not the owner of what I call my money. Notice I've said that throughout this time. I say my money, but I, I remind myself that all I have is his. So what I call mine is really his. He's the owner, and I am the steward. I am the caretaker. The single most important lesson that I have learned in my entire life about, give, about money is this lesson that it's all his. And it changes. When I, when I get this in my life, it changes how I view money and how I view my relationship to it and to the Lord himself. And it's, and it's his on the basis of two things. It's his all, all his by creation. You say, well, it's not his because I work hard. You know, I've done, I've put in effort and God bless you. There are many people in our church in our area, people watching this who have worked hard and provided. But the Lord himself, of course, has by creation given you the energy and the ability and the talent, opportunities. It's all his by creation. Everything that we have, came because God, of course, created the very atoms that, we, that make up our world. But it's also his on the basis of salvation. When I trust Christ as Savior, I am saying Jesus is Lord. He's Lord. And if I say Jesus is Lord, it means I'm not the Lord. And I'm reminding myself in that statement that all I have is his. And all I call mine, that's his by creation and rightly his by salvation. If you've not yet trusted Christ as Savior, let me tell you, if you'll give your life to Christ, you say, I'll lose so much. You, what you lose cannot compare to what you gain, what God gives you out of his grace and glory, his love, 
his forgiveness, his purpose, life worth living in this world and, and abundant life and eternal life itself. It cannot compare to what God has for you. And I urge you to give your life to Christ. But I remind us that we're saying Jesus is Lord and he is a far better Lord of your life than you could ever be, than I could ever be of my life. He is a far better Lord. And so I want to remind myself of that question. Do I remember who owns my money? Stewardship. And here's question number eight. And maybe it's the, maybe it's the question that sort of summarizes this section on really understanding what's better than gold and what matters most. And as we face the crises of our generation and our day, here's the question I want to ask you. I want you to ask yourself this question. Do I have my money or does my money have me? Do I have my money or does my money have me? It's a pretty important question. Because a lot of people would have to say if they were honest with themselves, my money owns me. I don't own it. It owns me. It has me. It has my heart. It has my thought. It has my plans. It has my direction. It sets the agenda for me. It prioritizes my life. Or instead, do I have it? And my priorities are God's priorities. And I'm seeing it as a blessing from God. And I'm using it to glorify his name and to make a difference in this world for his glory. God will bless that. God will bless that. So you ask, it's a fair question to ask yourself on, a, on occasion. And while I'm asking questions, could I ask you, do you know Christ as Savior? If not, I'm going to ask you today to give your life to Christ, to trust him as your Savior and Lord, to give your life to Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord and find forgiveness and salvation in him. And Christian, I want to ask you today, would you say, God, I want to, make, I want to get this area right with my life. Maybe for some of you, I mean, it's, it's pretty easy to follow the things of the world and the world does not look at at um, finances and the way God does, would you say, God, I want to begin to see this area as you see it. I want to see what's better than gold. Use these days in my life to help me to see the picture better and change how I see it, how I think about it, how I practice what I do, how I live. Let's pray together right now. And as you bow your head right where you are, if you're not sure you've ever trusted Christ as Savior, would you get that right with God today? The Bible says Jesus died for you because you're a sinner who could not save yourself. Would you say, Lord, I've sinned against you and I'm going to turn from that sin. Would you just turn from your sin and give your life to Christ? Would you trust him that Jesus died for you and rose from the grave for you and give your life to Christ? Ask him to save you right where you are and he'll save you. We want to hear about it. We want to help you to grow. We want, to, we want you to put down some deep roots, following baptism, following spiritual growth, put, learn more about the things of God. Christian, can I just apply this to your life for a moment? Would you say, God, I want to, I want to see money as you see it, not just as the world sees it, not just as Wall Street sees it, not just as I saw it as a, based on the circumstances of my life. I want to see it as you see it. Help me to see the big picture, the eternal picture, and to begin to put this into practice in my life. Change in me, Lord. Say this to him. Change in me, Lord, what needs to be changed and help me to have your perspective. We've been talking in James the book of James talks about wisdom, and we've said wisdom is seeing God's perspective. And so I'm praying for you that you will have wisdom in this area, that you will see God's perspective on money and life and what matters and eternity itself. And God will bless you through all of that, through all of that. Lord, I thank you for your word, the power of it, the truth that teaches us. Use this in our life to draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us at FBCO. 
We'd love to pray with you about prayer requests. Just text us. If you have trusted Christ as Savior, we will rejoice with you. We'd love to hear that. If you're recommitting your life to the Lord, uh, let us know. And we'll help in all of those ways. We'll help you find a life group to connect with as well. And we are so grateful that you could join with us today. God bless you. And uh, we're here each week, Wednesday nights, worship each week. And we'll do all that we can to really glorify the Lord together and worship him together. And thank you for being a part of this day.